0: And we are here at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Joining me now, President and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, Jeff Cooper. Jeff, great to catch up with you here on a beautiful, sunny day in Decatur, Illinois. It is a beautiful day, Jesse. This is uh, there's nowhere I'd rather be right now. Well, I know you are having uh, an opportunity to talk with folks about uh, what's going on in the ethanol industry and the renewable fuels industry. A lot of news as of late, Jeff. I know one of the big things that I've, I've heard your a few of your comments on already is uh, this review, this EPA Science Board review. There's a lot of questions here about some of the folks who are on this board. And just get us up to speed. What exactly is going on? Yeah,
1: well, that's that's kind of the question we're asking ourselves. So EPA has what's called a science advisory board, and it's a it's a big panel made up of, of scientists and, and mostly academics, uh, and it's independent from, from EPA. And really the purpose of this entity is to advise EPA and provide recommendations um, and perspective on different issues that EPA is, is dealing with. And so out of nowhere last week, this science advisory board sent a report over to Administrator Regan um, that was raising questions and making all sorts of dubious claims about corn ethanol's carbon footprint and questioning whether corn ethanol even offers any climate benefits or emissions reductions at all. And that didn't sit well with us because of course we know that corn ethanol reduces greenhouse gas emissions. That issue has been studied to death over the last couple of decades. And you've had scientists and and researchers from places like Harvard University, MIT, uh, Department of Energy, Purdue University. They've all studied this issue in great depth. And they've all concluded that, yes, corn ethanol reduces greenhouse gas emissions, typically on the order of 40 to 50% compared to gasoline. Um, so there are benefits to, to using ethanol in place of gasoline if you're interested in reducing carbon, period. Uh, so we were very frustrated to see this report come over from the Science Advisory Board. We responded by sending our own letter to Administrator Regan to tell our side of the story, share share the facts as we know them to be. Um, and really provide citations to some of that research and and the studies that are out there. Um, We also wanted to express concern with just the process and the makeup of of this working group from the Science Advisory Board that prepared this report and the timing. It's all a little bit suspicious. There there was one of the six people who wrote this report who is the chief scientist at the Environmental Defense Fund, which is an environmental group that has been lobbying against ethanol, lobbying against the renewable fuel standard, uh, lobbying against production agriculture, uh, frankly, for years. So, number one, how did this guy get on this working group? And number two, how in the world do you think you're going to get an objective, unbiased, you know, truly scientific uh, perspective from somebody who has a political axe to grind?
0: Yeah, a lot of questions there. And I think tying in with that as well, the the push from the Biden administration for electric vehicles. I know that's a a talking point within the ethanol industry right now. I heard from Secretary Vilsack earlier today, he made some interesting comments about the Biden administration's role and what they've been doing to help with ethanol. And there there are some good things they've been doing, but he doesn't seem to believe uh, the comments he made anyway, seem to point to he doesn't think that their EV initiatives are going to supplement or or you know displace ethanol I mean, what would you say to that kind of comment and that trade of thought from secretary vilsack
1: well first off i would agree with secretary vilsack that this administration has done some things that have been very supportive of, of renewable fuels they got the rfs back on track after it was badly mismanaged by the last administration uh, they've issued emergency waivers allowing e-15 during the summertime Um, They've really rolled out a a major initiative on on sustainable aviation fuels, which we see as a uh, potential opportunity for ethanol. Uh, So I do agree with that part. Uh, However, on the other hand, we are seeing lots of focus from this administration on electrification, and the latest example of that is EPA's proposed rule for tailpipe emission standards, and let's call it what it is it's effectively an electric vehicle mandate that regulation if that's what epa finalizes would effectively force automakers to dramatically increase their production of evs and dramatically reduce their production of liquid fueled internal combustion engines so yeah that's concerning to us when 14 billion gallons of the 16 billion gallons that we produce every year goes into that marketplace goes into light duty transportation uh, so, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, yes, there's been some, some good stuff, but we're also quite concerned about the, the, we think, disproportionate and unnecessary focus on electric vehicles. If the goal is reducing carbon emissions, great, count us in, we're, we're there. We can do that with ethanol, and we should not be picking and choosing technology winners and losers and forcing auto companies to
0: make EVs when there are other ways of reducing emissions. You mentioned summertime E-15 waivers in there as well, and I know we're still kind of waiting on a year-round E-15 solution. What's the latest you're hearing in D.C. on that?
1: Well, again, first things first, we we were able to get through this summer because there was an emergency waiver issued by uh, Administrator Regan at EPA, which was a great thing and very helpful and very much appreciated. Uh, But then what do we do next summer? Uh, we, We cannot continually rely on or pin our hopes on getting emergency waivers when we don't know if the conditions will exist next summer that would justify that kind of waiver. So there's really two tracks that we're pursuing. Uh, one is with eight Midwest state governors who have petitioned EPA to allow e- E15 year round in those eight states um, beginning in 2024. We're waiting on EPA to finalize the approval of that petition that hasn't happened yet. They tell us, you know, by the end of the year, uh, at the latest, they'll have that done. Uh, but then what about the rest of the country, right? We still think uh, the best, most optimal solution is going to be a nationwide fix. That's going to require legislation. And fortunately, there was a bill introduced the day before August recess began that would provide that solution. Uh, and we're going to be working very hard this fall with senators, uh Uh, you know, on both sides of the aisle to help get that legislation across the goal line and and in place for next year. We got to fix this thing once and for all.
0: Fantastic thoughts. And we'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. Jeff Cooper with the Renewable Fuels Association. Thanks for joining me here at the Farm Progress Show.
1: All right. Thanks, Jesse.
0: Appreciate you stopping by.